Have you ever found yourself torn between all of life's demands and the call to simply sit at the feet of Jesus? You are not alone. In Catholic circles, we often talk about this as the Martha versus Mary debate and about which sister we most resemble. But here's the thing. It's not about choosing one over the other. It's about finding harmony between the two, embracing both our inner Mary and our outer Martha. Today on the show, I'm joined by Time Freedom Coach Kelsey Pascarell to talk about practical ways we can do just that. Welcome to A Thriving Catholic Podcast, a show that's dedicated to helping Catholics live the extraordinary and abundant lives we were made for. I'm your host, Jessica Castillo. I'm a Catholic life and health coach, and it's my mission to bring you the best practices of body, mind, and soul each week and help you apply them in your daily life so that you can truly thrive. Welcome to the show, Kelsey. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm so excited to have this conversation. It's such an important one to have. So for those who don't know you, can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the work that you do? Sure, absolutely. So I'm Kelsey. I am a certified coach. I help Catholic moms who feel overwhelmed, moms who feel like they're in the burnout zone or just on the hamster wheel of life where they don't have time for what they consider to be really the higher value things. I help them find time for those. Oh, yeah, that's so good. So beautiful. And what are some of these higher value things that women need to find time for? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, you know, just like you were saying, we're just in this fast paced life all the time. I think it's just such a hallmark of the modern age. Ever since the Industrial Revolution, we have been constantly on the go, constantly hit with so much information. Busyness is almost, you know, it's like a, a point of pride for us. Like the busier you are, the more value you have, the more your worth is. It's just such a part of our culture, especially I'd say if uh, you're a listener in the United States, I think that's one of those things that we like, particularly in this country, are very, very uh, in tune with is that busy is better. But what I think we can think of as like the higher value things in our life, these are often the things that take place in those moments of slowness. So these are things like connection with one another, the things that can't be rushed, time for prayer, things where when we have space, when we have openness, when we have time, beautiful things unfold, creativity, all of these things that they just, they don't really work when your life is full to the brim. Yeah, that's so good. I, you know, one of the first things I ever created in my business was a course called Time to Thrive. And the thinking behind it was that you need time in order to thrive. It's so hard for us to get any of these bigger things done. But I do think that you really hit it on the head. There is such a, uh, like a conflict between this desire to produce, to uh, be productive, to accomplish, to achieve. And then also we 
feel this desire to also really connect and really spend deep time. But how can a woman balance both of those desires on her heart? Yeah. You know, so I think this is one of those things, like you were saying, sometimes it's not the question of balance. Um, Like when we're talking about, we see it in competition, the inner Mary and the outer Martha, as you explained it, but they're not really always in competition. They're things that we can have space for both of those. So like you were saying, when we're trying to find that balance, it puts things in competition between them. But really what we want to do is we want to find integration. We want to be looking for how these different parts of us work together and specifically just what does the Lord call us to in this moment? And I think so often we see the competition because we're just, we're caught up in two things. We're caught up in worries about the future and stress about the past. And so when we're in like caught in this tangle between getting ahead and getting caught up or fixing things, we can't find time to be in the moment. And this is something that we can integrate into every part of our life. Like the the merry interior disposition is something that's always available to us, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what we're doing. And I'd love to just introduce your listeners to a concept called active contemplation which is one of those beautiful things. I don't know if any of you guys have ever read the book, The Practice of the Presence of God. It's just a a lovely book about a monk called Brother Lawrence. And he had such a deep intimacy with the Lord that continuously in his life, he always was just aware of his presence. He was always bringing every moment into that intimacy with God, always noticing God at work in the things he was doing, always offering up the little things that he did, no matter how big, no matter how small, he was bringing those things to the feet of our Lord. And I think this is a very, you know, this is a very challenging thing for moms because we live in a very, especially uh, moms of younger kids, maybe, I don't know, maybe teenagers too. I don't have teenagers, so I can't really speak to that. But just that with that busyness, there's this constant sense of interruptions and hurry, and it can be hard to focus, to keep that constant awareness of the Lord in our life. Yeah, I, I love, first of all, I love that practice of the presence of God. It's so good. And it's it really kind of helps answer that question that I think a lot of Catholics have when we're reflecting on Mar- the biblical Martha and Mary, because it seems like in the gospel, Jesus is almost chiding Martha for being busy and praising Mary for what for many Catholic moms will feel like, well, she was shirking her responsibility and she was sitting in prayer. Of course, I want to sit in prayer, but I also have to make dinner. And um, Absolutely. But yeah. I think that... Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things that taken out of context, we've misunderstood that maybe Jesus wasn't uh, chiding Mary for sitting or chiding Martha for doing things, and he wasn't praising Mary for sitting around doing nothing. That was not really what was happening. Can you kind of dig into that a little bit? Oh my goodness, I'd love to. I have to say too, like you know, back when I was really in uh, this season when I had all littles and I was still kind of getting my feet under me as a mom, I could just imagine being Martha. I would have resented Mary so much. I'd have been like, 
oh my goodness, do you see this lady isn't doing anything? She's leaving it all to me. Who is going to make dinner? Absolutely. Like it would have been so frustrating. I'd be like, we don't have the luxury to sit at the feet of Jesus. We don't have that. That's just, why is she doing that? Why is she leaving it to me? And I think that, you know, so often when we get to the heart of what was going on with Mary and Martha, what was really stressing Martha out was actually, it wasn't the work. It was the comparison. Mm. It was that she was, you know, not looking at her own situation and figuring out how she could really find joy in what she was doing, but that she was looking over at Mary and feeling resentful and envious and wanting what she was doing and not saying, how can I turn what I'm doing into something more than what it is. That's so beautiful because that has to do with her interior disposition and not at all the fact that she was making food or doing dishes. Um, and I think that I think that what you described when in your early mothering days, I think that pretty much every young mom has felt the same way of, of a little bit of resentment. And we kind of chafe a little when we think about how Mary has chosen the better part. But what you're describing is a way of approaching every task and all of those daily tasks with this contemplative spirit. So what what kind of practical tips do you have for someone who's listening? Because I think it's really easy for us to hear this and we think, yes. Like I hear about Brother Lawrence's work and the practice of the presence of God. And I think to myself, that's what I'm going to do for the entire rest of my life. And then I'm going to get up and walk out of my office and it's going to be really hard for me to implement (laughs) my actual day. So what are some practical ways moms can bring this into into their day to day? So I think one of the things we really have to do, we really have to start with a perspective shift. We have to remember that there's no such thing as work that is like, you know, more glorious or more, you know, virtuous or more honorable or or more special or anything. And I think, you know, St. Therese, um, St. Therese of Lisieux, she was so good at understanding this when she described herself as, you know, a little flower, when she said, I can't do great works, but maybe I can do small ones with great love. You know, it's this perspective shift that we can see the path to holiness isn't about being a grand missionary. We're not all called to be Joan of Arc. We're not all called to go off and, you know, do, um, create like a, a grand, uh, oh, what do you call it? Like a school system like John Bosco did. Saints come in every form, in every vocation, and in every state of life. And what our job is, is to figure out how to bring that into the small things in life. And, you know, our Lord, he says in the Bible, he who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. We, it, it doesn't really matter how big the things are that we're doing, as long as we're doing everything well and for the Lord. We're offering up each thing, each small thing, and even just the frustrations of life. If we're pausing and bringing God into the moment and offering those as sacrifices, you know, when our kids are crying every second while we're trying to get the dishes done, when we're just, when we're focusing on, I have to get the dishes done and we can't get the dishes done because people are tantruming at our feet. (laughs) These are the moments where we can say, Lord, what are you calling me to right now? 
bring him back in, mm-hmm. bring him in to that moment, into that frustration, trust that the dishes will get done when it's time for the dishes to get done. And maybe it's time for us to be called to just pause for a minute to be with our child, or maybe it's not. Maybe he's saying, you know, tell your child five minutes, time to wait, but we have always space. Here's the, here's the beautiful thing about our Lord. He is eternal. He is never in a rush. He is not worried about whether those dishes are going to be done the same way we're worried about whether the dishes are going to be done because he sees the space of eternity and he sees what's most important. And so we can, we always can pause and assess and invite him in, take a deep breath, calm our bodies, and then proceed after we've gotten in touch with what he wants for us. Yeah, I think that's so good. Just taking that eternal perspective, taking that step back. And when you are meeting God in prayer, it almost is is as if you are stepping out of, of time and space for just a second. And you can have that space where you get to to choose with the Lord how you're going to respond, how you're going to react. And I love what you mentioned too about just taking a deep breath and calming our bodies down because sometimes when we're in these moments, it is a stress response. We're we're stressed about what's happening and the demands that we feel are all on us. And I think that that's, that's the trap that's so easy for so many of us to fall into is that we think that everything depends on us, especially if we are more, some of those more choleric or type A driven type personalities, that the temptation is to think that we are doing it or like it's all on our own. And so I think that what you're saying is, well, first of all, we recognize that the Lord's got everything. The world is going to keep spinning, whether or not we finish the task that we're so stressed out about. And on the other hand, we also are invited to participate in this moment. And in order to bring our best self there, we do need to calm down and listen for the voice of the Lord because it's hard to hear when we're in that stress state. It absolutely is. And, you know, it's one of those things that I, I think it's actually a learned skill and learned skills take practice. And so a lot of times, you know, when we're, when we're really just starting out on this motherhood journey, when we're in that early stage where we, we haven't really learned how to balance the things we haven't learned how to find the space and the peace and the calm in the midst of all the noise and interruptions and challenges. It's something that if you don't feel like you know how to do that yet, that's totally normal. That's totally understandable, but it helps to start with thinking of it as I just need to create a teeny bit of space. That mm-hmm. teeny bit of space can grow, but it might start as just a fraction of a second. And I think this is, you know, when we talk about interior freedom, that space there, this is, um, oh, I'm trying to, Victor Frankl talks about this, the space between uh, our situation and our reaction. It might start as a fraction of a second, but as you are able to practice it, it can increase one second at a time to maybe where you just are able to really distance yourself from the situation for a minute and assess it better. 
but don't necessarily go into it thinking I'm a failure if I can't do that right off the bat. You just want to get to the point where you can start with that small little space and it's fine. That's, yeah. that's enough to start with. You know, I was, um, I was thinking about, uh, there was this time, uh, so we have this really old house. We moved into a 120 year old house when my uh, third daughter was just a newborn. And don't do this if you have small children, because this was a, uh, it ended up being much more of a fixer upper than we expected. And for a little while there, I actually went through a time we had to, we had a pipe fall out from under our kitchen floor and we had to completely take apart the entire kitchen, take out everything, get up the floor and fix this pipe. And so during this time, it was eight months. I had uh, set up a kitchen, a temporary kitchen on our porch with like a toddler and we were washing dishes on the porch. We were cooking on the porch. It was like completely crazy situation to be doing this. And I was actually, I'd say this was probably one of the lowest points of my life. It was hitting like November and we still didn't have the plumbing set up in our kitchen so that we could finally like move back in. And I was like, it is starting to get cold. And I'm starting to freak out a little bit here that I'm going to be like washing dishes in the bathtub or something because that's not what I want to be doing all winter long. And um, so just remember in that time, I was just, I was hitting this point where I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, there is more work than I can possibly do. This situation feels completely impossible. And you know what he told me to do? I was just, I was so panicky. He said, come to me, come visit me. And my husband happened to be getting home early that day. And um, I looked at my watch and I saw that it was a time period where adoration was going on at our local church. They do this only on Wednesday evenings because we're kind of rural. So it's not that frequent that we have it. And I just asked him as soon as he walked in, I was like, can I go to adoration tonight? you know, this is not the most common request where I'm like, I just need to go right now. And he was like, yeah, go, go. And I just sat there. And it was like the first time in a while that I'd really had this silence and this space to just sit with our Lord and to hear him. And I I would just say, if you're ever, if you're struggling with just starting to find that space, starting to find that silence, something happened that day, just sitting there, the graces that he poured in. This is not something that we need to do entirely on our own. He wants to help us find that space. And the best way to practice it is to try and find, if it's just five minutes, if it's 10 minutes, some amount of time to just sit before our Lord in the blessed sacrament. And you know, ever since then, one of the things I've tried to do is after mass each Sunday, my husband takes the kids out and I try and take 10 to 20 minutes just to sit before our Lord after mass every week. And it makes such a difference to the entire week. It's not a lot of time. I'm missing out a little bit on the socialization outside, but I can sit there and I can offer my whole week to him. And it's, if you haven't tried it, if you haven't tried just finding that space for, even if it's just a couple minutes, this is probably the best way to cultivate that space and that silence in your life so that you can then carry it into your week and find it even when you're not before him. Yeah, that is such a beautiful story. And I think that anyone listening can relate to how stressful and how difficult that must have been and that feeling of overwhelm and 
You know, I think it's interesting how many lives of the saints and also in our own personal lives, we can experience this too, where it's when you reach the end of your own capabilities and you reach the end of your rope and you kind of just have to sort of throw up your hands and say, Lord, I need you to do this because I can't. And it reminds me of a scene from one of my favorite books I mention often, but in this house of breed, there's a scene where one of the nuns is elected to be the, the abbess of the monastery and she's completely overwhelmed. She's like, I can't do this. This is way too hard. She's freaking out about this position. And so she goes before Jesus in the blessed sacrament and she's kneeling down in front of the monstrance and she's just saying again and again, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then the bell rings or something happens and she has to get up and move on to the next part of her day. So she looks up at Jesus and she says, I can't, so you must. And I just, I still get, I get chills every time I read that line or think about that line, because that's what happens to every single one of us. We're all going to reach a point in our day, in our life, when we just can't do it. And it's actually designed that way. This life is designed to be too difficult for us to do on our own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's hard in the moment we are under so much stress. We're, you know, experiencing this. It's really, it's like a stripping off of everything that we were clinging onto outside of our Lord. And it's intentional because he wants us to completely depend on him. And so it's a painful process. You know, it's a purgative process, right? Like this is the the path to holiness really does come with some level of suffering and it's how he's really he's showing us you aren't enough we need to know that we need to know we're not enough we don't have to be enough his power is made perfect in weakness not in our pride and this goes back to you know it goes back to the tower of babel right this constant my value is based on what i accomplish well it's not it's not your value is that jesus died for you your value is measured by Christ's sacrifice. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he thinks you're worth. It's not whether you finish the dishes. Now, for the people listening who do, for, for instance, like a person who one of their top, like, say, Clifton strengths is that they're an achiever mm-hmm. or a person who is a choleric personality type, someone who really does uh, enjoy learning the skills of productivity, of time management, of how to actually squeeze the most out of each day. I'm talking directly to myself here for everyone listening. So Kelsey, what would you say to someone like me who often struggles with this, um, this harmony of I do want to grow in skill. I want to grow in my capacity to do these things and to do them with excellence and to do them well, because that's part of my personality. I really feel like the the Lord has designed me to be that way. So if I fought against that inclination, I'd be just fighting my own natural design, which would probably not work. So this is how I really feel the Lord has created me. But how do I harmonize this drive for excellence with at the same time that that recognition that I'm not enough? And I'll never be enough. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing question. So I think one of the things that we really need to do, it goes back to that perspective shift, right? So often when we're measuring our value, when we're measuring the value of our day, we're looking at the visible things, right? Mm -hmm. 
We're not looking at the invisible things. And I remember, you know, early on in motherhood, I was just, I was struggling a lot again, uh, these first few years of motherhood. Um, and I was sitting in prayer with the Lord and I said, how do I know if I'm doing enough? How do I know if I'm accomplishing enough? Because some days it just feels like I'm not. And you know what he told me? He said, I want you to look at your day through the lens of the fruits of the spirit. I want you to look and say, have I shown the fruits of the spirit to my children? Have I shown the fruits of the spirit to the people around me? Have I been growing in these virtues? And they're, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And that is the measure of a good day. And, you know, so when we're talking about like on the practical side of things, how do we, you know, say, have I accomplished enough? Well, it's a tricky question, right? Because we do want to be good stewards of our time. And that is a virtuous thing. Absolutely, it is. But we want to ask ourselves too, are we putting first things first? So one of the ways, a framework that I like to use with my clients is I talk about when we're building out our routines, when we're putting first things first into our calendar, we want to start with things that are most important. We want to make sure that we're actually blocking off time for those. And then within the spaces that we leave for productivity and productivity goes in last, it goes in after things like prayer, connection, the higher value things, productivity is the last thing we put in. It doesn't mean it takes up less space necessarily, but that we have reserved time for those things. We're not you know, saying that uh, I'm going to skip out on date nights with my husband forever and ever and ever because I've got too much work to do. We're saying, no, my marriage matters. My prayer time matters. And so within those spaces that we block off for productivity is where we measure whether we're being a good steward. Are we doing the things that we said we were going to do? Or are we letting ourselves procrastinate and be distracted and all those other things? Are we being good stewards of our productivity time? And are we being good stewards of our connection time? Right? Are we being good stewards of our prayer time? This is how we need to think about it. We need to say, what did I decide with the Lord to do with my time? And have I done that? Yes, I absolutely love that. Uh, Yeah, a few years ago, I was kind of updating my own personal rule of life and how, where does everything fit? Which of course, for anyone listening, you probably have to redo your rule of life with every major shift in your season because it had everything changes and that's normal. So don't think it's a one and done thing or be discouraged if you have to change it. Um, But I remember at that time, I felt like the Lord was telling me in prayer, then you success is doing what you said you would do when you said you would do it. And that was very simple and clear for me. It was like, okay, so success for me is going to be doing what I said I was going to do when I said I was going to do it. And then one of the great gifts of having this kind of framework, um, and I know that you work with your clients with this because it creates that time freedom. It really does create that ability to shut off when you're like, okay, that's not the time for this. So now I'm free to be totally present to the thing that I is here right now that I'm doing right now in front of me. And that's life-changing. I will say too, um, one of the things, I think a rule of life can sometimes be intimidating to people who have unstable situations in their life too. This is a lot of my clients, they have unstable situations. They have like special needs kids or they have chronic illnesses. And so they do wake up 
with each day, not necessarily, they don't know how it's going to go. It might be unpredictable. They might have good days. They might have bad days. And I do want to invite you in, if that's your situation, to the understanding that it doesn't have to be a firm rule of life if you ever want to make one. It's one of the things I teach is how to make it in unstable situations. You just need to have a lot of clarity on your priorities. And then you can have flexible protocols for the different kinds of days that you have. So this isn't something that is, you know, out of your reach. If your days, you don't know how they're going to go. If you are, you know, really, if you have tried to make plans before and haven't been able to necessarily stick with them because of your situation, there's still ways to do that. There's still ways to sit with the Lord and figure out what's the best use of your time. It's so good that you brought that up, that point about how there needs to be flexibility, because I think it's very easy for people in situations where their family situation is a little bit more unpredictable. So either they're caring for aging parents or they're caring for special needs kids, or they even just have small children that are you know, they, they need a diaper change when they need a diaper change, you know, this is, these things happen. And I think that it can be very easy for people in these situations to be discouraged when they hear things like, oh, well, if you have a rule of life, you have time freedom. And then they think, well, that's not for me. That will never, that I'm going to have to wait years and years and years before that could possibly be for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, it's it's kind of a misconception that it's this, this perfectly laid out grid that's going to be perfect every single week or day. But what you're talking about is this flexible ability to have a protocol, to have, well, your priorities are in order. And so you can kind of sift through your priorities and that can be really yeah. helpful. Yes. And I think too, stability, it's one of those things where it it can grow. Again, same as this making space for that pause in our life. When we are able to start to notice the patterns, then we can work within those and expand that stability out a bit at a time. You know, I had um, my husband, he was on uh, for a long time shift work and his schedule every single day would change. Uh, it and it would change at last minute notice because he did emergency work. So we would get less than 24 hours notice of when he was going to be work. I didn't know if he'd gone for eight hours or 16 hours, just didn't know what the day was going to look like. And so for a long time, I thought, well, I can't have a rule of life. I can't, you know, have any stability because of my husband. This, you know, we don't know when we're going to have dinner, if we're going to have family dinner. But what really brought that to a head for me was realizing how much my children needed some predictability in their life to flourish and finding, looking for, okay, what's in my circle of control? What can I work with within this and expand out? And so in that situation, it really did become so very necessary to figure out what are the priorities? Okay. My kids need the same bedtime every night. This is really important for them. They need to have consistent meal times. I can't necessarily wait to have a meal when my husband's around or anything like that, because then we end up doing really wacky stuff like snacking all the random times and the food is never put away, you know? So you just, you, you look for that core of the stability and you can grow it once you start working from within what's in your control. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I love that. And that, that idea that you have 
a little bit of control, which I think is really good too, because I think sometimes someone might be hearing this and think, oh, well, you surrender everything to Jesus and you can't do it and he's going to. So again, it just circles back to this. um, There really is not a Martha-Mary dichotomy. It really Mm -hmm. just is. You're both Martha and Mary. (laughs) And You know, God has given us this intellect, this will to recognize what is in our control, what we can do, but at the same time, recognizing that all of it is his lane, all of it is his grace, all of it is something that he's helping us to do. So I really love how it just brings it all together in a very practical way, like how can you live out this spirituality of being both Martha and Mary in your day-to-day life. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's um, when we're thinking about it, what we really want is we just want to continuously align our will to the Father's, right? That's a fiat, right? We just, not my will, but thine be done. If we're constantly doing that, we're going to find that balance. He's going to work the grace in our lives and in our hearts to show us where that balance is. Absolutely. And I love thinking too about how God is a God of order. And so there will be an order, there will be a peace, there will be a harmony that comes, even if externally nothing changes, internally a lot can change. Absolutely. Um, one one way I like to think about it, have you ever have you ever been surfing or wakeboarding? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very similar to that when we're finding that we can find that stability on top of the waves that aren't in our control. But as we start to get better and better at this, we can kind of surf on top of those. This is this is so good, so helpful, so much practical wisdom here. Where can listeners find you and connect more with you and your work? Absolutely. So I have a podcast. It's called the True Presence Podcast. It's for overwhelmed Catholic moms. So come and give it a listen. And I have a membership that the doors open up every few months to that. It's called the True Presence Membership. You can come in and learn some time freedom. That sounds so good. Okay. I'm going to put links to all of this in the show notes. And we just thank you so much for your time and your presence here with us today, Kelsey. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Jessica.